0: Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24 7. With me is Rusty Mansell and Kip Adams, also of Dogs 24 7. Pack show, George's scrimmage is in the books. Uh, Zamir White, George Pickens, Trayvon Walker, you name it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk a little recruiting towards the end of the show. We got a little bit of a little bit of a tease coming up for you guys at the end of the show too about Nashville, Tennessee, and 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 Georgia's season opener against Vanderbilt on August the thirty first. But before we get out of that, let's check in with with our guys Rusty and Kip. Guys, how's it going, Rusty? How, how have you been this weekend? And uh, uh, how uh, how excited are you for this season opener?
1: And I'm excited. I I got to see three high school football games this week, this past weekend. But I'm gonna tell you what I, it is hot as hell right now and, and it, that's no other way to say it 99 degrees i don't know how these kids are practicing football uh getting ready for this week's gonna be hot all week so stay cool i know i was at the pool all day on sunday man it, it was smoking hot i can't imagine practicing football right now in the afternoons and, and what they're gonna do later in the week is gonna be 96 97 degrees on thursday and friday and there's some big high school football games this day, week
0: kip you've been through the ringer my man you've uh, yeah. you're coming off uh, you're coming off disease Tell us about it. Yeah, I had the world's most
2: effective uh, diet on Sunday. Uh, lost about seven pounds, and uh, you're ready to start taking in some calories and gaining all that weight back as quickly as possible. I finally got my uh, my hunger back as soon as you guys wanted to record. So uh, I'm going to I'm gonna get through this and, and immediately go uh, grab some of the, the closest fried chicken I can find.
0: Yeah, that's the yard sale diet, man. <laughs> Everything goes. Everything Uh-oh. goes. The old yard sale diet.
1: Oh man, that man's going for fried chicken on the first meal back.
0: Hey, that's uh, that's the kid we know and love right there. That's that's the all-in dude. Let's get to the scrimmage and and yeah, a lot coming out of it. First of all, Kirby was upset. Kirby Smart didn't did not seem to be. I don't want to say upset. He definitely wasn't happy with it. Thought it was a little sluggish. Uh, we talked to Charlie Warner tonight uh, after after Monday's practice, and and Charlie basically told us. Uh, you know, they kind of they kind of got down by the heat a little bit. I think they got a little worn out. You know, they don't they don't just run out there and roll the football out there and start scrimmaging. They have one on one competitions and they have. You know they have drill work and they have a little bit of a practice before they actually start scrimmaging, and uh, apparently the heat got to those guys a little bit, and and you know that that's somewhat understandable. Eight days in a preseason camp, but but uh, I know Kirby wants his guys to fall, fight through that, and I know that's something he's always hoping for every preseason camp, and 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 you know the Georgia heat delivers because it was a it was a heat index of a little over a hundred degrees. It was a hundred and eight today at Auburn. I saw Brandon Marcello, our guy over at Auburn Undercover, tweeting about that. But, you know, just a sluggish scrimmage overall. I think the offense and the defense both struggled. Uh, you know, Stetson Bennett lit up the first-team defense with a 13-play drive. Uh, you know, we heard a lot about, um, a, lot about a, a lot of different guys, DJ Daniel, Tyreek Stevenson pushing at cornerback. Um, you know, so much coming there. But I don't think anything was more interesting or anything more important or or, or, you know, as far as the the fan perspective and the buzz, then Zamir White. I, I think that was that was huge I for doubt. for for Kirby to come out and talk about how a guy that's coming off two ACL injuries ran contact tough, had a very good overall day. Uh, you know, you, you, we 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 to the people that that we know that were at the scrimmage, and and they talk about the power that Zamir White ran with. Now, listen, Rusty, you and I think I've both we've both. Kind of noted that that Zamir's probably not peak shape as far as explosiveness goes. Correct. He's not as he's not back to his old self as far as that goes. And 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 maybe we That's should temp okay. our expectations That's there. It's okay. okay, you know. And look,
1: me and you talk about this a lot because we get hit so much, Kip, as well. We get hit so much with Zamir White, and everybody, just like Kirby said, everybody's room for this guy, you know. And. The fans are clamoring so hard for him because they know how special he was before this and what a huge recruiting battle. But I caution everybody, give this man some time. Get him through August. And I think Jake said it the most, uh, where's, it, where's Zamir White going to be in November? And I, and I like that. I mean, give this guy a little bit of time. He's went through two major knee injuries back-to-back. Yes, he is a powerful dude, but let's give him a little bit of time and understand that Georgia has one of the best running backs in the country. They have very, very, very solid backups, and Brian and James Cooks, and those guys. So, what Zamir White gives Georgia in those first three or four games, man, is going to be bonus. But I think everybody is rooting for that guy.
0: Absolutely, and, and it's huge for his comeback too, because with every carry, the confidence is coming back. But I did find this pretty interesting, and I checked with some folks. You know, I've had a couple major in- knee injuries myself, and and not necessarily. Uh, you know, not, not having to go through the rigors of what Zamir White's going through, but, but, so I reached out to some, some, uh, you know, some of my old physical therapists, some of the folks that I used to work with whenever I was trying to come back from my knee injuries. And I asked him about the whole knee brace thing. And the fact that Zamir's not wearing one because it kind of came up on Twitter, uh, after I posted a story before the scrimmage the other day about how scrimmage day is a big day for Zamir White. And a guy was, you know, kind of came back with, yeah, it doesn't mean much that he's not wearing braces. Those things are more mental than anything else. Well, yeah, that to me is, and the physical therapist I spoke with agreed with that, but that to me is the big thing is, okay, you've got a kid that, you know, listen, he may not be back to himself physically. He may not be as quite as fast or as quick or as explosive as he's going to be, but the fact that mentally he's cool going out there with without a knee brace on, with without the ability to kind of feel, get some feedback from that brace as to how the knee's bending and things like that, that right there says a lot to me about what this kid's made out of and and, and I'm am totally with you. I'm not sitting here claiming a 1000-yard season for Zamir White. I'd be shocked. I'd be very surprised and pleasantly surprised and, and really happy for the kid if he rushes for 5-600 yards this year. Correct. But but at, at the same time, I really you know, I, I'm becoming more and more hopeful that the Zamir White of old and the Zamir White that Georgia recruited is, is in there. He's there. He's gonna. He's gonna make it back, provided there are no setbacks. And and, and I just think that's. Uh, to me that's that's super positive. I mean, because like you like you said, you know, you brought up Kirby's words about everybody's rooting for this kid. That includes us. I mean, I, I'd be rooting for the kid if he was at Auburn. I'd be rooting for the kid if he was at anywhere. It doesn't matter. USC, South Carolina, it doesn't matter. I, I would be rooting for this guy because. It's you almost just a
1: Marcus Lattimore type deal.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. It's very much Marcus Lattimore like because he had two knee injuries in two years and, and just a, a lot of bad luck, but but a guy that that seemingly for the time being looks like he can have a chance to come back from that. And and and, and that's a heck of a story. I, I also, you know, coming out of that scrimmage and and something I want us to discuss is is that George Pickens catch. And you know, listen, I saw him in practice today. He tried to catch one one-handed, he dropped it. Cortez Hankton and, and Jake Fromm almost had had the strokes. They oh. were they almost flipped out. So maybe maybe he's having some freshman, you know, uh, maybe some freshman superhero type stuff going on there. But I mean, Kip, you saw that catch. You covered Zamir Zeme- I mean, I'm sorry, you covered uh, George Pickens in high school. I mean, what were your first thoughts upon seeing uh, seeing that kind of catch in, in that kind of situation?
2: I wasn't surprised at all, to be honest. Every time, every outing we saw George Pickens at, uh, you know, during his high school days, every every single event we 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 witnessed him at, he always made highly contested catches and and really the biggest wow catches at any combine, any any camp, competitive environment we saw him at. That's what he did. Uh, Is when the ball is in the air. Uh, that's when George Pickens shines. He wasn't a guy that blew up the the testing portion of any of the the events. He's not a, a 4-3-40 guy. You know, probably, I think he tested closer. He had a 4-7-40, uh, if I remember correctly. But that didn't matter once, once we started throwing the ball around. He has just an outstanding catch radius and really just – overwhelms defensive backs with just his size and his ability to win that battle when the ball is in the air. He has that frame that we knew was going to add good weight, you know, to give him even more of a strength advantage. But it's really just when you see him, he just has kind of a an overwhelming presence. You know, he's just too big, too strong for, for most defensive backs at the high school level. So uh, I, I think he was a guy that would make the wild catch. Uh, maybe miss one, uh, you know, uh, or so of the catches you think he should make, uh, but a guy that that has that edge that you that you look for in a wide receiver, Delph definitely has that competitive mentality. You want in a number one wideout, and, and just has really good body control. He has the ability, you know, for a bigger wideout, he has really rare body control, the ability to readjust when that ball is in the air and uh, and, and make that head turning play like you saw in that video. So, again, a guy that wants the football but also knows how to go up and, and grab the football in the air. That's really what separated him from me seeing him in high school. And we were, I think me and Rusty were on the table early saying, you know, uh, we know there's a big time five star receiver in the state of Georgia in uh, Jane hazelwood who ended up at oklahoma but every setting we went to that they, they were both in because they played on the same seven on seven team we walked away saying george pickens is is kind of that guy you know when they were out there on the field together pickens all, usually is the guy we can't wait walking away you know saying wow i mean this guy is, is definitely a guy that should be considered for
1: five-star status and ult- ultimately got it Me and Kip went to see him. Uh, I actually saw him in Cartersville one day at Lake Point at Emerson uh, 7-on-7. The next day, me and Kip went to the coldest Nike combine in the history of earth at Buford, and I watched George Pickens all day that Saturday making these leaping, one-handed catches, and I told Kip and everybody the next day, I said, man, I don't know what we've got him, but I'm telling you right now, he was a five-star yesterday, and then – i never forget, Kip remembers, I mean, he started that morning at that Buford camp, and he ran a little bit slower, but it was also 38, 39, 40 degrees with a wind blowing. Then he starts making these acrobatic one-handed catches. and I mean, I didn't know enough because I don't cover the state of Alabama, but I knew leaving that weekend, and everybody knew that Sunday, that that dude was different, and you look at his body type. To me, Kip as well, that dude was a five-star from that point on for me, and it took a little while, but he was a five-star for 24-7.
0: Rusty, you're big on the term dudes and average Joes don't make that catch. They no. just don't. I mean, not in practice, not in games, just your average everyday wide out. They they just don't make catches like that. And and you body know, control.
1: Stupid you, body control.
0: Yeah, and, and that's one of the more underrated, you know, we've talked about this about the offensive line. That's just one of the more underrated aspects, I think, of 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 playing the game of football in general is body control. No matter what position you play, if you've got it, You've got a chance. Damn. I actually, th- I actually think in a lot of ways, you know, you look back at Dom Sanders and his ability to pick off, uh, what was it, fifteen passes, sixteen passes at Georgia there during his four years, yep. body control and the ability to kind of contort his body and, and twist and make catches in the air was a big part of that and and you know listen dom wasn't super fast he definitely wasn't very big he wasn't the best tackler in the world but he brought he took he brought down 16 picks in his georgia career because of his ability to kind of to to move his body and to get into the right spot shield guys shield defenders from the ball when he needed to and 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 that all comes into it but but your average guy just just doesn't make plays like that and we've 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 had people ask the question on our board before it hasn't come up a lot but you know, they look at George Pickens 40 time that's the, verified on his profile and, and they ask, well, what in the world made this guy, you know, a five star receiver other than the fact that he was, you know, he's, he's six feet four and weighs 195 pounds, which blows me away because you stand next to him. And you're like, this is this gets 220 easy. So, it, like Kip said, there's a presence about him. He's a big dude. Uh you saw why in that video. You saw why he's a five-star prospect in that video because if, if he can get his hands on it, if if the ball's thrown where he can reach it, there's a there's a good chance he can bring it down, and and even when it's at a really bad spot, he can still bring it down. And and you can't replace that. You can't replace a guy that can catch a ball when he's covered. The second
1: the second best part of that is Dominic Blaylock's reaction, like, oh hell, he caught that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that was pretty funny, wasn't it? Yeah, I definitely caught. He kind of turned around and was like looking back at the offense. Like, did you guys just see that? I gotta, I gotta jump in on
2: the. uh, We gotta talk about verified forty times. I think that's a good segue when you talk about George Pickens and and the the forty time that is listed on his profile four seven three you know, I got to rant a little bit, you know, 40 times in high school are not the same as the NFL combine for one very specific reason. You know, at the NFL combine, they do a hand start, they do a laser finish and you get that official result after the unofficial result comes out. But in high school, you know, it's, it's also a hand start with the laser finish, but the setting isn't the same. You know, you, you, it's also a factor of, as Rusty said, that, that camp it was it was as cold as can be it Please. was it, it felt like we were in new england and it was you know it was it was december it was 30 40 degrees out there uh, uh, just an awful wind out there the nfl combine every single year is indoors in indianapolis and you wow. know and it com- it comes after weeks and weeks of professional combine training specific for these events some of these kids have never ran a 40 being tested before in their life. Some kids come in having trainers who prepare them for for this camp, you know, specifically. So that's what happens. We get these different results. And and I love the opening regionals because it allows us to see all these guys together in a competitive setting that we would normally not be able to see, to compare them, you know, against each other in, 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 you know, seven on seven, one on ones. But at the end of the day, these testing events, are they're going on all across the country and, and no two settings are going to be the same. They're also dependent on, on the weather that day, but also the weather the, the night before. If it rains the night before, you could be out there, it could be wet. It could be damp still. You could have, you know, it's a non-dry setting that you're trying to get your footing off of and, and run these 40 times. So while we have them on the profile and it's, it's listed as a verified result. It's not all results are the same. So that's that's really one aspect of the 40 time where I say it can give us kind of a, an overall bearing on, on someone's explosiveness. But you can't box them in like that and say this guy's a 4 40 guy because you just don't know. He could come out there today and, and run, you know, in Athens and, and run a mid-4-5-40 and I wouldn't blink twice at it because, again, hand start. Maybe he knows what he's doing now. He's been taught more. And maybe, you know, it's, it's, it's a better environment as far as the weather is concerned. So with Pickens, I'm not saying he's a burner, but I'm not worried about his overall top end speed because, as you mentioned with, with his body control I love what he's able to do as far as ball tracking, tracking the ball inside, outside, whether it's over his shoulder. Uh, he he, It really helps him win a lot of those 50-50 balls, as I said before, because he can find the football and then make that adjustment in the air to catch the ball. And, and that's really what makes him special other than his size. In my mind, it's that combination. So just Wanted to, to voice my opinion. I'm 40 times out there because it's, it's something that, that all three of us have had to discuss uh, repeatedly over the years and we will continue to do so. It's just a, it's not a locked in science. It's something that we're, we're still trying to uh, get better at as far as uh, testing results at the high school level but uh with George I'm I'm not worried about his top end speed because I, I know that he can get separation off the off the ball just based on his strength and his you know just his savviness as a wideout.
0: When you I know when you look back at Roquan Smith I believe it was coming going into his junior year of high school he ran something like a 4.92 or something like that and and we all knew he was faster than that. I mean he was his game was built on speed, and and yeah, I think he came back prior to his senior year and ran in the high four or five range. Did the did a low four or five at the combine, but yeah, th- these guys don't have you know a lot of training like they did it's a lot of professional training on that start because that's where you can gain them gain or lose the most time. I think when you start talking about those forty times, and and, and Rusty, I get, I want to I want to hear what you have to say about this, but it's one of those situations where if if a guy comes out and and throws out a four three eight. That then all of a sudden you start looking around, you're like, "Oh man, oh okay." But if a guy runs a 4 eight, you're not necessarily saying he's not worth recruiting because you just uh, you understand that a fast, a super fast forty time is worth, you know, opening your eyes over. But a slow one, there could be other factors at play there.
1: Yeah, and it, again, I thought Kip hit, hit, the, hit the nail on the head. I mean, these guys in the NFL combine are professionally trained. You know, I'll never forget Nick Chubb's first 40. I believe he ran four eight one or something like that. And even me, I was like and he ran this in February now. Um uh, and, and I were and I was like, wait a minute, now this this is not good. But that was his sophomore year. Obviously, Nick was a lot faster than that and trained a little bit on the 40 and got faster. So, you know, there there is things that worry you at times. You know, if you're a wide receiver, um, you know, and you run a, a all of a sudden you run a four seven seven or four eight oh. That concerns you a little bit, but I'm telling you right now, when you go to these laser combines and you run anywhere in that four six four six five range, you got enough football speed. Unless you're a little bitty slot guy, there's a problem. You look at Dominique Blaylock, for example. Dominique Blaylock is probably, I would bet you right now, if we ran him ten forties, he would average four point six zero, which is not blazing. But you do his short shuttle. And he's elite. He's less than four seconds. He's around that four. So there's different dimensions to measure and different and, and ways of being elite in a different way than to be in that straight 40. And Dom will be faster now as he gets older. But he's not a burner. And that's what kept him from being a five-star on 24-7. I understand that. I understand that. But he's not an elite burner. He is an elite route runner. and He's going to be problem to cover. So you, you pick your different dimensions. But I think Kip pretty much summed up 40s where – these guys professionally trained, and they go spend thousands. Their agents spend thousands of dollars for those guys to train eight weeks, beginning January the first, all the way to midway at the end of February, uh, to run a forty, which is insane. But that is an NFL measuring stick. I cannot wait. We we'll need to talk about this another night. I cannot wait to watch Ben Cleveland work out at the combine because I saw him run at the Army game against the other lineman, smoked him. And I would love to see the Vegas odds on how many times he's going to do two twenty-five.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a lot because because he's going to test like, oh man, he he's going to test out of the off the charts, and and that's probably going to give him a chance to to get drafted real high. That and the fact that I don't know, he's six six, three hundred forty pounds, and moves like all that. So, and, and not only that, he he just looks like an NFL lineman it has since he was fourteen years old. Uh, speaking of high school phenoms and, and big time high school players. Uh, rusty you and i talked this morning we had we had a phone conversation this morning where we kind of shared some intel on trayvon walker and and you reported it to the site so so i want to give you a chance to talk about this um kind of opened some eyes on saturday and and kind of opened some eyes at that defensive end position at 65 290 pounds um i i tell you what i, I did not really expect You know, I I expected him to come on at some point this year just because he's so stinking talented. He's so athletic. He's he's just got the makeup of a big time college defensive lineman. But already first scrimmage making some waves. What are you hearing there?
1: Talk to two different people from two different circles and somebody that the people I've known for a long time um, that were there. Both both people were there. And it was funny because when I take those phone calls, you kind of try to absorb everything and listen. And the very first thing both of them said, they couldn't talk about. Man, 44 is the real deal. 45, 44 was hell. We couldn't block 44. 44 was just pushing Cade Bays around and making running backs run the hump because of penetration. He was, you know, uh, you know, he's playing the five technique. What 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 Ledbetter plays, uh, David Marshall, those guys play with a hand down defensive end. So, uh, you know, Trayvon. I'll go into a little history on him, but something that kind of bothered me in the spring as projecting for him this fall, and for all the crap that Barton Simmons takes, and, and and Barton can take it. That's the role he's in. Barton Simmons was way higher on Trayvon Walker than anybody else. When you go look at the 24-7 composite and 24-7 rankings only, in the composite, he was 22 in the country. Now, obviously, that helped because what we ranked him. Barton ranked Trayvon Walker the number five player in the country. He didn't have a dominating senior year, but what Barton did was he took all the pieces of the puzzle of Trayvon. Here's a six-five, 270-pound defensive lineman, number one that played high-level AAU basketball for the two-time defending state champions, and he started up Lee. And for whatever for whatever reason, that magical spot for for Barton is throwing the shot put and getting to that 50 50-foot 50 range. And Trayvon Walker could throw it 50 foot. Now, I don't know how that relates, but Barton has data that those guys are getting drafted. And those guys are getting drafted hard. And he broke his wrist in the spring. That wasn't, it was reported a few places, but I really didn't know how bad it was. So he, he missed all the state track tournament, uh, uh meet missed all the late stuff in the regional. So he wasn't able to live. He had a cast on his arm from what I can gather from early April until early June. So he missed two months of lifting, so I'm thinking he comes into Georgia, it's gonna take him a little while, get back into shape and all this and that. Well, whatever happened, because I did see him maybe the first week in June when I was in Athens one night. I did see him. He still had his cast on, so I knew right there. And he looked a little bit light. He looked in that 260, 265 range. I checked around after this weekend. This man, this dude's carrying 275, 280. He's 6'5. And playing like that and causing havoc and and being a pressure guy athletically as he is, man, that is very good news for Georgia. Uh, we both, all of us know how good of a kid Trayvon is. Uh, always yes, sir, no, sir, from, from the very first day you meet him, very respectful, super-duper three-sport athlete. Now, I have to give Barton Simmons some props. If this guy winds up being this special, Barton was all over it, and he's still on the table differently than everybody else did.
0: I tell you what, you know, if you if you I got a chance to cover Trayvon's commitment announcement. And if you want to kind of project, you know, if you want to do like they say about about a girl when you start dating her, you look at her mom to kind of see what she's going to look like down the road. If if that if that's what he's going to look like down the road, uh, man, this cat's going to play in the NFL for a long time. Because let me tell you something, Steed Walker, that's his name. Steed is his dad. That is a grown man. That is that is a man that will that will put the fear in you. Because he, uh, he shook my hand, and uh, I've got big old lobster catcher, catcher's mitt style hands, and this guy's index finger went about halfway up my forearm. And that is a, that's, a, that's a massive dude, and, and Trayvon's going to get bigger, and he's going to get stronger. I think one of the things that kind of gets lost here is that he has a lot of functional strength. He has got a lot of football power. You know, I, I don't know how much he can bench, and that's just, that's something that's come up on our board, and and uh, we've talked about it. But I don't I don't know how much he can do as far as the weight room goes. He's going to get a lot stronger, but he's a functionally strong kid. I've watched him in drills. I've watched him when. When, you know, Tyler Clark and, and David and David Marshall and guys like that, if, not necessarily David Marshall because he may be one of the strongest players on the team that nobody talks about, but I've seen Tyler Clark and Devontae White struggle to get that stationary sled extended out, and Trayvon Walker sinks his hips, comes through him, and, and extends it out easily every single day when I watch him. So he, he's a powerful kid and, and one that, listen – I didn't expect, you know. I, I know I put out a list of guys that I or, or expectations for freshmen in 2017 when Malik Herring came in. I expected Malik Herring to redshirt because of all of those freshman defensive linemen that have played before. And there were a few, a few, you know, uh, upperclassmen left on the team at that point, too. Caring went out and played probably 10-15 snaps a game as a freshman because he found himself a role he was in there a lot on third down he earned himself a, a handful of uh, a handful of you know second down snaps second down and long type snaps and I think that's what Trayvon Walker's headed for at this point too I think he's going to be able to help this defensive line out a lot especially when you consider the 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 emphasis on havoc and the emphasis on being able to pressure the quarterback to get hands on the passes and stuff like that. You start talking about those ball skills and and the basketball background and being able to get his hand up and and into the passing lane. Those are things he's going to be adept at and, and things that I think are going to be able to help this defense quite a bit.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join
0: the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Moving on to recruiting. Okay, now, now we got, we got a few things we need to talk about here, but but we're going to start and kind of – Sometimes you do these podcasts and you look back and you're kind of like, why haven't we talked about this yet? And Zach Evans is a, is a, is a topic that, that we've yet to discuss, but it's something that's been buzzing in Georgia circles lately. Kip, there, there's, there's a little bit of buzz around him. You've put in a crystal ball. Uh, what's kind of your take on the Zach Evans situation, him, him and UGA?
2: Well, for those that don't know, Zach Evans, five-star running back out of North Shore High School in Houston, Texas, the nation's number one running back for the 2020 cycle, top ten prospect in the country. He was at Georgia late July for for their uh, dog days barbecue event. And I mean, we 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 try to be patient on on things like this. We wait for the visits to to get over, as Rusty says. He has that 24 hour rule. Get the wait for the visit high to come off, and you know, another reason for us to often be patient with our crystal balls is we want we want to know when these guys are deciding if we think george is in good shape in may but we think something's going to december or february you know we know that there's going to be twists and turns there so you, you want to you know we like being right i mean most of all in a crystal ball prediction we want to be right and we second off we don't want to have to switch it two or three times because that says you know you're not on the pulse of the recruitment or it says that there were twists and turns and you made one too early. That's, I mean, that's what happens with that. So with Zach Evans, I mean, he made the visit to Georgia. It wasn't his first visit. You know, he's been to Georgia a couple times. I believe he was there last year uh in, in for the seven on seven tournament and then came back in July last year as well. He's been in Athens before, but you know, we, we started hearing that Georgia had some momentum here and you know, I, kept checking kept checking and his public stance is still as of the recording of this podcast that he plans to wait to announce a commitment he plans to take some official visits I feel like that's not entirely accurate I think he plans on announcing his decision sooner rather than later you know I feel like he's getting closer to being ready to put the information out there, uh, I feel like he's he's closing in on announcing a commitment, and you know I, I think Georgia's well positioned right now with Zach Evans and and if if they're able to pull that off, I mean gosh, you talk about pairing Zach Evans and Kendall Milton in a running back class. We 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 we've Ooh. seen we've seen Georgia, we've seen Del McGee pull in some outstanding running back duos. And Georgia's had some, some incredible running back classes in the past. And it's really tough because we're talking about a program that's had the most productive running back duo in college football history and FBS history in Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. So the bar is set so astronomically high that it's going to be hard for any duo, again, statistically, to match what they were able to do. But again, on paper you can't really ask for much more of a duo than Zach Evans and Kendall Milton if Georgia's able to sign them both. I'm just saying, I think as of today, Georgia is the front runner in his mind, and I feel, based on the people I've talked to, that he is closer than he is letting on as far as when he plans to announce a commitment. Even if he does announce that commitment again in the near future, though, Being that he's a five star in the state of Texas, I mean, they're going to have to keep on keeping on to to get him signed and and enrolled. But I love where the Bulldogs are right now. And I think that uh, Del McGee really knocked it out of the park. You know, when he got him on campus, it was the perfect timing. And I think that uh, also Kendall Milton has been really recruiting him very hard as that Thunder and Lightning pitch. And I think that Zach Evans has been re- very, very receptive to that pitch,
0: Rusty. You compared it to to a guy that we saw in last year's class in a post on our board today. Uh, well, what what makes you think this one this one, uh, as far as the recruitment, not necessarily the end result, but but yeah, yeah. say Evans does commit, what 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 reminds you this of of, of uh, Jaden Hazelwood?
1: Just the amount of visits. I mean, even Hazelwood, we all knew you know Hazelwood was committed to Georgia for so long, but he took so many visits. I mean, this thing. Peaks and valleys, it was up and down the whole time. And I want to be careful with that because there's a lot of different opinions on Jaden Hazelwood, okay? So I don't know Zach Evans like I knew Jaden Hazelwood. I mean, I covered Jaden Hazelwood. Never forget in the eighth grade, the first game he ever played in the spring game, we were all sitting there watching Antoine Jackson, Jeremy Pruitt standing there, Tracy Rocker standing there, two coaches from Alabama are standing there. And the head coach turns to us and says, this is my eighth grader. Uh, watch this play and they throw a fade right up in the corner of the end zone and this kid leaps out of the damn end zone and catches it and puts a foot down and i'll never forget jeremy pruitt looking at looking at coach jimmy from cedar grove and so he got an offer from georgia and i don't know if that was official at that moment but i that's what i'm saying i knew hazelwood zach i but also with Jaden, he was taking visits left and right going different places different weekends so i do think uh, and that's great information from Kip. That's very strong now. It, you know, if he thinks Georgia's well-positioned right now, uh, and this is closer than what people think, that is, that is is big-time news for Georgia. Because I do think right now there is some momentum with Georgia. I think they had a great visit with him. Uh, I don't know that he is committing anytime soon. But I will say if Georgia gets him, it, it, and, and I'll say this, if Alabama gets him or Texas A&M gets him or LSU gets him, say in a month, month and a half, two months, it's going to be a recruitment to the end. I can promise you that. And Zach Evans is going to take his visit. So, and that's what I mean by that. not saying anything else outside of that. I'm just saying that it's going to go up and down. It's going to be a roller coaster. It's going to be all the way to the end. And that doesn't mean that Zach Evans is a bad kid, but I'm just telling you from what I see, he's enjoying the recruiting process. And I don't think that's going to stop.
0: Rusty, you brought up shuttle a while ago about, uh, about Dominic, uh, Blaylock, uh, uh, Zach Evans, short shuttle, 3.84 seconds at the opening regional in Houston uh, back in March. 3.84 seconds.
1: I've said it, and y'all guys have seen it. I've said it as many times I can say it. I mean, there's one guy in this class to me that is the alpha running back, and it is Zach Evans. And not only is he an alpha, he's playing at the highest level football um, in the state of Texas on one of the best teams in the country, and he's still getting his. And uh, he's playing against really, really good teams, so – you know, count me in as whoever gets Zach Evans is getting a freaking dude. And I'm talking about with a capital D.
0: Absolutely. And, and in the sweet spot, I've heard Kip mention this before, too. In that sweet spot for a running back, that 5'11", 200, 210-pound range coming out of high school, that's exactly what you're looking for. Uh, moving on to the last thing we want to talk about, and, and Rusty, and we'll throw it to you here real quick uh talk to me about um talk to me about this defensive line that georgia's uh uh, recruiting and uh, for some reason i have forgotten his first name birch what's the birch kid's first name jordan birch he is golly i don't know why in the world i forgot that name i was about to lose my mind but yeah jordan birch what's going on with him it's late at night we're recording this i'll give you a mulligan
1: um look there's there's you know there's rumblings in in our board today as well that that uh you know he may be a, a a georgia lean or georgia may be getting him and I've just recently kind of met him and I met his mom. And I'm telling you right now, his mom in a very good way is one of the most alpha moms I have met. Uh, She is definitely running this show. She is running the interviews. She is running his recruitment. Uh, He respects his mother. and This is not a bad thing. This is not a helicopter parent by any means. She is just controlling the narrative with her son, who is ranked the number one player in the country, on 24/7 Sports Composite at a Hammond Hammond School in Columbia, South Carolina. So, let me say all that. Now, I will say this: I do think George is in this. I said this that George was in this when people were saying Georgia was not. People were saying it was basically a two-team race between the in-state schools. I told our subscribers George is very much in this. Uh, I was over at the FBU Top Gun Camp in South Carolina in mid-July. Was able to sit down with his mom and him for a rare interview. Uh, was only able to ask a few questions, but I did talk to her for a good while. She was very nice, very respectful. And I can tell you this, that at that point, they they were nowhere near making a decision. Talking to Steve Wilfong today, who carries a lot of weight, especially on our board. You know, when Steve Wilfong makes a crystal ball for Georgia or makes one against Georgia, it creates reaction on our board, good and bad.
0: Been fonged, that's what they say. You've been Somebody gets crystal balled, he got fonged.
1: Yeah, we need to get shirt for that, but... Um, you know, and I talked to him today and this was kind of before I heard any of this other stuff and we both kind of agreed there's there. I feel like there's a little bit of momentum and I'm, and, and that's just what I'm hearing from people kind of outside the Georgia market, uh, that Clemson feels really good here. Now, do I think Georgia feels good? I do. I think that Georgia feels like they got a really good shot and they do, but I want to caution people for real with this one. Now, this couple of sources that me and Steve have been dealing with on Clemson kids has been right almost every time. And this person pretty much is telling us that, that Clemson feels really, really good on him. We'll see. I don't know and I don't think there's going to be an early decision from him. Uh, in, in fact, he hasn't even decided on what all, on which All-Star game he's going to play. And he has an invite from the Under Armour All-American game. He has an invite from the All-American Bowl in San Antonio. Uh, I think we've both made our pitch to his mother on what game to play him. They haven't even made that decision yet, so they're definitely taking their time with a lot of things. And I don't think this decision is being made anytime soon. But man, when you see him in person, you talking about a big kid, nice kid, uh, high academic. You know, I mean, he is—he's a put. He was a lot bigger than I thought he was. And, and seeing him, he is—he is a really, really good-looking prospect. He's one of those easy ones, man. I mean it. You know, like Jim Donnan always says the old saying. You know, I'm gonna take my wife to the game, let her pick him out any wife would go to a football game and go, you know what, that guy's an SEC player.
0: Yeah, and and I think or one of them or – Or a power five. I
1: mean, don't be me in trouble. Or a power five high-level football player. I don't want to be SEC homer tonight.
0: Right, right. Well, I'll say this. Um, I think one of the more important things here is is Trey Scott's already put a lot of hay in the barn when it comes to defensive line in this class with Jalen Carter, Nazir Stackhouse. Uh, you know, it goes on and on and on. J- Jamil Burrows is is committed. Uh, they've got four in total, Warren Brinson as well. So they they've already got a lot of the heavy lifting done in this class as far as the defensive line goes, and they're continuing to work on other guys. They've you know, Birch would be a, a massive addition to this class and and somebody that can play that defensive end position. You know, you got Jalen Carter there, a five-star guy on the inside, five-star according to 247 Sports. Um, we'll, we'll have all of it covered down the stretch for you in terms of all these commitments and everything. george has got the second scrimmage coming up. Guys, it's going to be huge. The second scrimmage is going to be huge because we were talking before the show, and Rusty made a really good point. First scrimmage, one-twos and threes are getting a ton of reps second scrimmage those number 3 reps go way down and the 1s and 2s start getting a lot more work because next saturday not that not this coming saturday which is the 17th but the 24th is going to be dress rehearsal for vanderbilt game yes. day process game day procedures all of that stuff they're going to let coaches with well, the coaches that are going to be on the field are going to be down the field coaching they'll have some guys in the box it'll be a dress rehearsal it won't be a full full-fledged scrimmage so this coming scrimmage is going to be massive and, and and i think that you know charlie warner said it best today when he said you know yeah kirby you know coach smart was disappointed with that first scrimmage but that's what the first scrimmage is for. If you're going to have a bad one, you want it to be that first scrimmage so you can correct those mistakes and get better. And we're going to have it covered for you at Dogs 24/7. But for this junkyard dog cast, that's all we got. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24/7. Kip and Rusty. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Dogs... whoa, whoa. We, we ain't had our teaser yet, big man. Oh, that's right. That's right. I, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to not hey, show
1: off. Rusty. Hey, those milk and cookies are going to be there, Jake. I promise you. Just hey, hey, Listen,
0: man, I'm off the milk and cookies. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a good I'm a good boy right now. I ain't being Santa Claus these days.
1: No, I want to say uh, the Nashville deal, I know we were going to post something today. Uh, we got a few more eyes to dot and T's to cross, but we should have some news on Tuesday. Listen, we're getting together with a, another very familiar place and and set of people that I think everybody's going to be happy with we're going to be at a place that I think everybody's going to be remotely happy with I think it's going to be a win-win for everybody that Friday afternoon listen I don't know what you got to do I know there's a ton of Georgia fans coming there's going to be a ton but we're going to me Kip and Jake will all be there from 5 to 7 that Friday afternoon probably a little bit early probably a little bit late but we'll definitely commit 2 hours meet you guys questions have a beer uh, maybe put kip in the corner let him start ranking the top 100 beers in the country let him be in his spot and and me and Jake will sit over there and talk some fishing and homemade ice cream whatever y'all want to talk about so uh we got some news coming i promise you had to pay a little more high uh higher behavior deposit with guna and deputy and all them expected to be in the crowd so uh with those guys and uh, we'll, we'll be good to go so but hang with us we got a good announcement coming on probably tuesday i think you guys will be happy with it
0: all right everybody keep your eyes on it keep your eyes on the site going to be a lot of coverage for that a lot of coverage for the scrimmage a lot of talk about a lot of different stuff as we always do because we're not just experts in in the field of georgia football where uh we're we're want to be experts in a lot of other different areas too but uh that's it for this junkyard dog cast i think i got the 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 okay to go ahead and close this thing up i'm jake road dogs 24 7 kip adams rusty mansell dogs 24 7 and we'll be back with you guys later this week take it easy